0: and is popular among the other attendees. Your Audi is splendid and can swim gracefully and well. Your Audi likes podcasts and owns a machine that can play them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of Adam and Ben, New and Selected, a podcast about the films of Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, sometimes ones they star in and sometimes things that they are behind the camera for. My name is Lucian, and I'm joined, as always, by my partially severed co-host, Shane Kelly. Shane K.
1: Hello. Welcome to the show. Howdy. How are you? Good. I just came from my very severance-like job. What do you do at work all day? I... You look for bad numbers, right? You basically do. I look at scary words. Yes. And if they're the right type of scary, I report them. And if they're the wrong type of scary, I let them go. Okay. Your job is kind of like severance. No, it's like... it's, It's... do you it's think so remarkably similar would we like my job is like a
0: little less like severance but is also office nine to five jobs you think if we watched this like three years ago or whatever when we were working in basically when we were both working in like retail jobs mm. where we work nights and stuff do you think we'd have a different relationship
1: to how it depicts work would we be jealous of these people in their lives i don't think so no because i i feel like my perception of this nine to five office job has only grown since I've been a child. Okay. Because the younger I, like when I was like 12, I was like the idea of sitting in an office on XLLA, like sounds disgusting. Yes. And it gradually diminished up to the point now where I'm 24 and I'm like, ah, I get my evenings and weekends off. Yeah. I get a nice steady routine. Yeah. I have a job that's kind of easy. Yeah. Like. That's very fair. Yeah.
0: I think I. If
1: If you told me I'd work in the job I have now and I was like, 16 i'd be like fuck off
0: yes i also think it's easier now for me in a job that's not too dissimilar from this to be like good god i you you forget how much you value going home in the evening until you see people who can't go home in the evening yeah that's true like you don't the sense of being trapped is
1: that's explained i don't think we have fully got a true sense of how like terrifying it is
0: yeah basically for people who haven't seen the show we should a bit of a setup. This week's episode, anyway, we're basically going to askew our typical formula where we pick a film with Ben Stiller or Adam Sandler in the starring role. And instead, we're going to talk about a new TV series that is um, produced and partially directed by Ben Stiller. And Ben Stiller is not in the show. Adam Sandler is definitely not in the show. But because it's so good and we're spending a lot of time watching it and talking about it at the moment and we do a podcast about one of the people responsible for it it would seem a little silly not to dedicate at least one episode to talking about it so we're mid-season right now the fifth episode just aired there's four more to go Mm -hmm. and yeah basically we thought a perfect time to sort of like check in on severance maybe persuade some of you to check it out although we are going to spoil what's happened up to episode five so be aware of that um and you know have a bit of a chat for anyone who's been watching it that might get you um You know, get your severance buzz going. I don't know. Anyway, different episode to usual, but we're here for a few minutes to talk about the show. So severance is... Do you want to outline the most dummy basic premise of it?
1: The premise of severance is that workers at this company called Mm Lumon are given the opportunity... Lucian.
0: Lumon is what they'd call me if I went to...
1: uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So they're giving... (laughs) They're given the opportunity to sever their work lives and their home lives. So basically, there's a procedure where they put an implant into your brain. So when you go into your office, you forget everything about yourself and all your memories from the outside world. And when you leave the office, you forget everything that's happened in work. So essentially, to your outside self, as soon as you step in the elevator or through the door, you step back out again yeah. immediately because you've no recollection of anything that happens in there but the yeah, flip side of that blackout, is that yeah. you're essentially creating a second self yeah. who only lives who in only the only office lives in there. and is trapped inside
0: and can never leave yeah. and has no sense of life outside of the office. No. So you're allowing yourself as you are conscious in the outside world to have a work day that basically involves five minutes going in and out of a building yeah. and losing seven hours of your day in between and you're at the same time, creating a second version of yourself who is basically a child who stuck, only, in stuck, work in, purgatory. stuck in work purgatory, whose only changes day to who doesn't experience sleep mm-hmm. or anything other than stepping into an elevator and suddenly experiencing a change of clothes, freshly washed hair, newly applied cologne, stepping back out and starting. Maybe work a again. bump on your head if you're maybe a bump on your head day. or like dirt under your fingernails and then you're you're back to work. Mm-hmm uh terrifying, uh interesting, and
1: not something I would want to do. I mean, like the appeal is there from the outside.
0: Yeah, because you, you do you never you have, never to work have a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You go to work for 10 minutes. But you're also losing a lot of time. Yeah, you're losing your eight hours a day. So like you're losing eight hours a day. You and like here's here's where I don't know, maybe other people don't feel this way about their work, but like the eight hours a day that I spend in work, I spend most of that time still doing things I would be doing if I wasn't in work in terms of my thought, in terms of getting distracted, having interesting ex- thoughts and experiences. I-, I guess I feel like as though my like mental self
1: You'd is rather have an very alive
0: day. when I'm at work. Yeah. I'd rather spend seven hours a day having to do little tasks, but also thinking about my life and the world and whatever. Than have that eight hours cut from my day. Yeah, you'd rather an inconvenient experience than nothing at all. Yeah, it's like being on a bus, right? Yeah. Like taking it. Okay, right. You have a fucking forty-five minute commute to work in the morning, and it's mm. like, okay, this is annoying. I have to sit on a bus the same route every day. But in that forty-five minutes, you can listen to music, you can listen to podcasts, you can read a book, you can have interesting thoughts, you can see birds, you can listen to people chatting. Would you rather have teleportation and blink and be straight at your office? Sure, it would. You could get up later. But you're missing out on, you know, part of your life. Like.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. If you were told you could teleport, but it takes forty five minutes, then you don't feel it, right? So the
0: forty five minutes is is passing you by.
1: So it's not. You're not. Your life's not. Your life
0: is getting shorter, basically.
1: They're I did stealing, sleep. I did sleep time two and a half hours in the bus to Dublin the other day, and that was kind of the same thing. It's the same thing, but you don't get the. I don't know. You're, uh, you're, yeah. they're, they're stealing your time as well as creating a second self. I don't know. But are they giving you back? More time in your real life because you don't have the um, weighted memories of work
0: uh, keeping you down. I don't think so because I don't spend much time outside of work worrying about work. Yeah, I might tell funny stories to people, but it's not bothering me as I'm That's in true. bed at night. Previous jobs I've had cannot say the same. Mm. The kind of job I have now, I'm like, ah, no, I leave the office and I'm not bothered by it. It's I can leave it at the door. Yeah, see, we're both in, like, comfortable... Yeah, but we have jobs where we can do that. Easy jobs that, like, you
1: leave and that's it for the day.
0: Yeah. When I worked in a previous job, I was very much uh, responsible for a certain degree of, like, welfare stuff for a lot of people. And I had to check my emails at the weekend, make sure people were okay, that sort of thing. Very different type yeah. of job.
1: Yeah, like, one thing about the show is that they don't explain what the work is they do. Yeah, so we so don't we, know what they're doing. We have no sense of what the stakes are of what they do. But the weirdest bit is that it, you'd think it's just the
0: outside versions of them that don't know what they do. Mm but the inside versions of them also don't know what they do. Yeah. The point of severing is to is is in part to protect the confidentiality of the work that's done inside. Sure. And yet nobody inside knows what they're doing. There are two gate there are two um, walls of confidentiality. There's the people, there's the outside versions of them not knowing what their inside people even talk about with their coworkers. Yeah. But then the inside people, all they're talking about the coworkers is speculating as to what they're actually doing because their work is visualized as just clicking on a bunch of random numbers on a screen. And yeah,
1: so there's essentially, there's no... There's no secret There's to no extra security added by not knowing what you're doing at work because you don't no. know anyway. because
0: all they do at work is talk, is say, we have no idea what we're doing. So yes, they forget that they saw the weird ghost being... Birthed. They forget sure. who their co-workers are,
1: but that doesn't seem worth the effort. It's weird, right? I'm assuming since we're only five episodes into it, that, that this change. is going to be expanded upon. There's also
0: a lot of departments in the company, and we're we're exposed to the macro refinement division.
1: Macro data refinement.
0: Macro data refinement. Yes. They may very well be doing one of the le- the less uh, secretive jobs. Sure. In the sense that Christopher Walken's character is from a different department, which is with design and only some something like designing type design, thing, yeah. and his job seems to involve a little bit more like interesting, playful, scary. Yeah, stuff. there's
1: like a manufacturing warehouse in his
0: department. Yeah. Whereas there, are, our lead characters Adam Scott and Britt Lauer and John Turturro are just basically taking on numbers all day. So as far as we know, they may actually be doing one of the less secretive things. But if they choose to, they can walk down the hall and walk into Christopher Walken's office. So there is. It's I not guess. encouraged, but
1: they do it anyway.
0: Yeah. Now, where I would think there's a bit of a flaw here is that not everyone in the space is severed. So we assume Christopher Walken is severed because he's not at a managerial level. Yeah, he's level. like a, yeah. But Patricia Arquette's character and the guy she works with, they are... Um, Mr. Milchick. Mr. Milchek. They are not severed, we assume, because they... No, they, they're they not because they go and steal a book from Adam Scott's house outside. And Have we seen
1: back. Mr. Milchek outside?
0: Nobody brings the book. Oh, he brings the book. Okay. So we know Mr. Milchek's not severed. Okay. But it's like these people not being severed kind of defeats the purpose of everyone else being severed.
1: Well, obviously, they're more trustworthy. They're upper management. I guess. But, I guess, like, I but it's
0: also like interesting because um, someone on Reddit was saying how like the severed people are are far too naive about the world to ever be in management positions. It's not like they can ever get promoted. They are literally children. They are Office bred children because they have no sense of the context of the world. They don't even know what the company does.
1: Yeah, that's true. Now, what the show yeah, so they're perfectly yeah.
0: obedient, really. Because You're perfectly they, obedient. They don't have... Yeah, except when they're not, which is what's happening with the Heli character, which is creating issues. Yeah. Now, so the show, the show is doing like a couple things, which is which is why I like it. The, the first is it's like, okay what if you're, what if your office was your whole life? okay, terrifying great. Sure. But the second thing is that it's basically creating a sort of it's basically becoming a lost type show in which there is a micro society being built with its own set of rules as if they were trapped on a desert island, but it's basically lost in an office. Yeah. Because these people, the innies, only exist in the office. Their whole world is the office. And as a result, there are weird historical myths and legends about the office. There are feuding factions between different departments. Their entire lives, their history, their politics, everything, their religion is the office. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when a bad self-help book written by Adam Scott's brother-in-law shows up in the office, this book becomes potentially, we're seeing in episode five, the key to unlocking their, like, sense of awakening and independence and could become the Bible for these people because they have no other sense of text or literature, right? Yeah. They've never seen a book before. No. The only culture they have are these bizarre paintings of their uh, the history of the company and the leader of the company has a statue built and all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, and just, like, strange classical paintings of, like, medieval battles and stuff. Between like, kinda... between one department and the yeah. other. Because the, the the company are basically, like, fucking with them by
0: teaching them the history of the world within this confined yeah. context of the company.
1: Like, they're still the obvious... They don't get rid of, like, the human impulse to, like... Yeah. Respond to incentives. Yeah, yeah, So they yeah, still yeah. have to keep them they somewhat They get a little treats, They get yeah. treats, yeah. They get a little treats they're when they... are not completely brain-dead when they're in there. Because still got... when
0: they're in there, they don't get to spend their salary. No. There's nothing to spend it on. So instead of... You know, oh, you'll get a raise because your raise will go to a different version of you that you don't encounter that exists in the outside world. Instead of a raise, we're going to give you a little drawing of yourself or a little uh, finger trap or something fun for your desk. Is there like, is
1: there any incentive to work in there outside of just the little treats? You don't want to get fired. True, but like you're not, you're not allowed to leave. You're not your outside self. Yes. You're like, we've learned through Heli that you're very much detached. You're very detached. Okay. Is there any incentive to work? Yeah. Um Like why would Helly bother doing
0: any work? Because what else is there to do? She's trapped. I guess, yeah. It's it's literally just It's to, just entertainment, right? Like there's nothing else to do at this point.
1: They'll take you to the break room if you don't hit your Yeah. If you don't there's, hit your there's, numbers. A, yeah, there's
0: a there's a punishment system in place. Yeah. She's trapped. She can't leave. She can't kill herself. So what's your I guess there's some analysis
1: here going on of like how you should treat your workers. You, yeah. you better like rewarding them or punishing them? Yeah, oh, they respond better, and also there's a bit of team spirit, I guess. Yeah, at least there seemed to have been before
0: she replaced PD. But anyway, so yes. Anyway, for basically what's happening out. So I feel like the last episode had no outside stuff, right? Oh, it had the the sister giving was birth. the funeral in that episode. No, that was two, that was two. two that was episode <laughs> three. I think. Um, but yeah, basically what's happening outside is that Adam Scott's character, who's the the main character, and his name is Mark S. Mark S he is uh basically approached by a guy who says hey i worked with you inside we were best friends at work i have had the severance procedure uh reversed and the company's up to all sorts of awful shit and i I want to expose them um we know from the audience knows from the inside stuff on the show that this guy is is telling the truth he was mark's best friend at work um but Mark outside Mark has never seen this guy before in his life. Mm-hmm. Um so he's like who the hell are you? Um and that's interesting. And then that guy dies. Um yeah. Patricia Arquette's character who is Mark's boss lives next door to Mark outside and he knows her as a neighbor and has no idea that inside she's his boss. Yeah, she's just a harmless old lady. A harmless lady. So there's a lot of spooky stuff like that. The the most depressed like the most disturbing thing on the show is when Heli tries to kill herself by hanging herself in the elevator and her she's brought to the hospital as her outside self and recovers and then they put her back in the elevator and she her brain switches back into office mode and the last and she thinks she's still hanging because she was it's the last she left the office of consciousness yes the last second yeah. of consciousness she had was her hanging so there's this a whole episode occurs in the meantime and she is put back in the elevator and, and wakes up breath. and takes a breath and thinks that she's still suffocating. Yeah. And Mark has to, has to like, calm her down. And that's like the scariest thing they've shown on the show so far. It's yeah, that probably really is the thinking. best example of just like, no time passes when you No leave. time passes at all, yeah. No. So, yeah, basically the show is like, is, conve- is, is, is demonstrating all of its own rules in really interesting ways. Mm-hmm. It's showing us the, the passing of time in really fun ways, the incentive, the way the micro-society is being built... I mean, it's basically just like full of ideas and creativity. It's doing it ha- now has like weird animal humor, which is always where a show for me is like as good. Like I'm like, this is my yeah, shit. Yeah, it's
1: getting slightly into the more surreal, just random, yes, random shit gags. Like it started very much in the office, but like, yeah, there's kind of never ending hallways yes. within the office that just kind of unlimited yeah. real um, potential Because we were
0: for... exploring the company now, like we're exploring yeah, the whole building and like the production design and stuff are just Fucking incredible. Like Very the whole good. building looks great. It's this weird, like future retro thing where the computers look like they're from the eighties, but like the building is all like white and slick and straight and curvy and and sharp edges and it's so well um it's just so well composed as a as a like mini little world. Um is created by a guy called Dan Erickson who has zero prior IMDB credits apart from a thank you on a TV series called Man vs Animal. He's never written or directed anything before, and he's written most episodes of this. He's credited as the sole creator of the show. He submitted it as a spec script to Ben Stiller's company, Red Hour Ben, in 2017, even earlier, I think. Hmm. And he was taken up on his script, and Ben Stiller said, hey, I want to make this. And it took about five years to get to the screen. And Ben Stiller directed most of the—like, half the episodes of the first season, uh, five episodes, I think, and then the other— uh, three were directed, he did six, and then the other three were directed by an Irish director called Aoife McArdle, um, who has worked on stuff, really interesting stuff. She's done YouTube videos, Brian Ferry videos, ads for Honda, Nike. She made a feature film called Kissing Candice in 2017, which I have not seen, um, but I would like to check it out. Mm. I don't know if it came out here. I think it did.
1: And Is that just like a real... He's from OMA. Rare occurrence where you, like, just send a script into a production company and they pick it up. That's pretty rare. Is that really just I don't think.
0: I don't think that he thought that Severance was going to get made. Mm. Like, he sent the script in with the intent that they would hire him maybe to write an episode of upcoming show produced by Red Hour Ben, right? That they'd be like, oh, Dan Erickson, do you want to help us write our new adaptation of this book or our reboot of fucking... Total Recall, or yeah. Whatever. His pitch of Severance yeah. is just like a CD. I, I can write. I can write. Yeah, yeah. I can write. And they're like, "Oh, wait a sec. You can write, but also you've just come up with the best uh, sci-fi concept of the last decade. Please, fucking, make this for yeah. us." And it's almost like this show, the, the the premise of Severance being an Apple miniseries directed by Ben Stiller with this these actors in it, is like this weird miracle where it's like in any other timeline, this would be like a garbage film that. No one would like with a bad actor aimed at kids. Like the plot is so high concept and science fictiony that you can very easily imagine them making a really shitty movie, twenty fourteen oh, yes. movie version of this yeah. with Joel Kinnaman that no one would like.
1: No, they could have made this with Ben Stiller and like you have made with ben instead of Envy or something.
0: Like yes, or they could have made like a Joel Kinnaman Netflix show yeah, yeah. that we would not watch because everyone involved in like it just Limitless seemed, yeah, it just like, seems just... like bad, right? Yeah. The fact that this got made by talented people with a cool aesthetic, with a good pace and is not aimed at low intelligence audiences. Like it's it's intelligently made. It expects a lot of the audience. It has a couple of really prestige actors like Totoro, Christopher Walken, Patricia Arquette. The fact that it got made as something cool and interesting is actually kind of a miracle mm. because there are so many ways it could have been made as something lame and a missed opportunity. For example, think of the film, which I do defend, but the film In Time... Which is like maybe the last sci-fi concept I was as excited about at this. This is the film where Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seifried have clocks in their wrists and time is money. And when you when you go to an ATM, you top up on time, and when your time runs out, you fall, you collapse and die. Mm. And you have to work to earn more time. And every second is a dollar, right? I love that concept. I wish In Time had been made as a nine part. TV series with John Turturro and Christopher Walken, but it was made as a shitty Andrew Nickel movie with Justin Timberlake, and as a result, that premise was wasted and no one will ever make it again. Yeah. So the fact that Severance gets to be what Severance is and not in time feels like such a stroke of luck.
1: Yeah. No, it's like, I guess the process of getting to Ben Stiller and him taking it on, like, yeah. I didn't realize he didn't have that much of an impact on the mm-hmm. creation of the original idea. He just liked the idea and wanted to yeah, make it. Yeah, because this we were saying before this does have like some sort of thematic yeah crossover with Walter Mitty, which would have been yes. one of his like real passion projects, exactly, I guess. Yeah. He so is this just hit home when I'm, I was supposed It
0: reflects well on him that he decided to make this yeah. and not put himself in it. Yeah, I guess. Like he didn't put himself in this. I it feels He very, very easily could have. He yeah, he could play this type. It very easily feels like it to me feels very much like a like a selfless act to make this great show and to not put himself at the center of it. Yeah, it
1: feels like this is his this is a big thing. This yeah. is
0: where his attention is. And so we haven't really talked much about his directing apart from our Walter Mitty episode. Um, the last thing he directed was a TV series called Escape at Danamara, starring Paul Dano, Benicio Del Toro and Patricia Arquette. Huh. I watched one episode of this show and I was not massively into it. It's a weird it's a prison escape thing which sounds good but then it has all this like i don't know like a lot of it is just like the inmates interacting and i, I didn't find it that great i may go back and watch it but it's most famous for the scene where venice Doltaro says don't tell anybody <laughs> um but obviously paul dano is uh hot right now so might be worth revisiting for him but uh that's ben stiller's only thing that is kind of like This is also
1: kind of a prison escape show. It kind of is a prison
0: escape show. Exactly. Um, But obviously Ben Stiller's other directorial credits apart from this and that are just Zoolander 2, Walter Mitty, Zoolander, Topic Thunder, Cable Guy, Reality Bites. So like he um, he's never made something. He's never made a film that he was not the star of. And uh, his two TV efforts do seem like him trying to head in a different direction of being like an interesting filmmaker that makes things that aren't Ben Stiller uh, star vehicles um, and this is just fantastic. I mean, and I think, honestly, like anyone, any big Hollywood producer, obviously everyone in Hollywood mm. knows Ben Stiller. But if I was, you know, a big a big producer with a big film project coming up that had like an interesting science fiction concept or something that needed a lot of style, I would definitely have Ben Stiller on my list to direct it based on this.
1: Oh, well, he, he deserves an opportunity. like Yeah. This. And like,
0: I'm sure Ben Stiller can do whatever he wants, but I don't think anyone is offering Ben Stiller uh, a Batman movie. I don't think anyone is offering Ben Stiller like a, a kind of a hundred million dollar interesting like Denis Villeneuve type project. No, no. And I wouldn't rule him out anymore of that conversation based on this because he's clearly really, really, really talented and like establishes the world of this for Ethan McArdle even to take over in the other episodes like really, really well.
1: What's the budget like in this? It's kind of so impossible I'm sure to know. Plenty
0: it's probably plenty of cash. Like I'm sure this cost exactly as much as they needed it to. Um, Apple TV are like famous for spending more than is necessary. Given that the morning show costs something like two hundred million for the first two yeah. seasons.
1: Uh, yeah, this is kind of a show that feels like it looks like the very original like storyboards of what we're, we're all to put like... to life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did
0: not save money here at all. I'm honestly surprised they're not using more like fucking Rolling Stone songs and stuff just to like um, just to prove they can. You know, is there any music? Oh, sure, there's no music in the severed land. There's no I music guess. in the
1: severed land. Um, this is kind of there's a very cool. Score to
0: it. The score is great by Theodore Shapiro, um, who did the music for, what has he done? That's a big deal. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, nice. Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Zoolander Two. He's just the silly guy. Yeah, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Trolls World Tour, Bombshell, Spies in Disguise, Game Change. Yeah, he does all this stuff. Um, my big complaint is that they haven't done the John Tuturo Audi episode. This was my goal for the season. I, I, as soon as it started, I went, damn, they're going to give us a fucking amazing, it's like John Turturro is overqualified to be the fourth lead of the show. Yeah. They are going to give us an episode about what he's like outside and it is going to be emotionally devastating. It's going yeah. to be like the Christopher Eccleston episodes on leftovers. It's going to be like, well, who is this guy, this weird guy? And what does he get up to in his life? And how can it give us a lot of pathos going into the, the um, ensemble scenes? and they it we're at we're heading into the sixth episode of 9 and I don't think we're going to get there
1: yeah. um and they they haven't done it
0: and we're running out of time and I'm very annoyed but so it, really, too- it
1: really is building with them yeah, I think I think it. They can't not do it now. I think they, maybe the they'll. Of, yeah,
0: maybe they'll wait for the thing with him and walk in to really like explode, and then they'll give and us. And maybe
1: they'll figure out that they're actually going out in. Yeah, real life That's, outside or something. Feels like something.
0: Feels like what they'll do. Yeah. yeah. What a what, just a wonderful pair, and also apparently Totoro specifically asked for in to be cast because yeah. they're such good friends.
1: That'd be it. They walk out of the office and they hang, get into the same car together. And just, yeah, like, that'd be cute.
0: That would be great. Oh, that would be so weird
1: yeah you don't like you know dropping your
0: spouse off to work at lumen yeah
1: no yeah wait
0: they both so what if you both worked at lumen and both showed up and you one of you got out of the car and the other one waited 10 minutes and then went in
1: yeah that's what i'm saying so you
0: think that's what it's gonna be yeah because they were both like we Uh lived oh we could both get severed that's interesting that would be as a a pair and the out the outies have no idea if the innies like each other or not no this seems like mirror might be going. Something we also speculated about is what if they up the stakes of the jobs? What if the president of America isn't, is is severed? What if... Uh... Yeah, because this, is, this isn't a limited series. It's going to be... Yeah, they've mm-hmm. renewed it for season two. Good. Thank goodness.
1: Nice. I'm thrilled. I'm very excited to see several seasons of this. I just hope they keep expanding the hallways into wackier rooms. Yes, I hope That's so. Fun. I love that. Too. I
0: hope they expand into the rest of the building. I want to see what everyone at Lumen does. Yeah. I, so, they've, they've set up so many threads now. They can go in so many different directions. Yeah. It's great. Um, but yeah Everyone's
1: doing a great job I've got nothing else to say really There's Well, uh, Oh I'd just like to point out One thing about my job Yeah That I think is like A real kind of Severancy point But like At a random time During the day Yeah I will get a Skype message From someone I don't know Okay And it's just a number Really? Yeah Why do you why Then I have to input that number Yeah Into my Kind of It's not really a timesheet It's just a thing mm-hmm. And that's just how many transactions I've done in a day. And it doesn't come oh. at a fixed time every day. They yeah. tell you how many? Yeah. They just say, all right, they sent me today. They sent me 91. So I just had to put a 91 into my little At the end box. of the day? Not at the end of the day, just when they sent it to me. You're getting paid by the number? No. That's weird. I don't know. It's obviously just a productivity metric. But yeah. I think it's fun that like at a random point in the day, you just get sent a number. Do you know how many you're supposed to be doing? I don't know. I... Is 91 good? I don't know. Again, because it was weird. Because it came kind of... The number yesterday, I got 120. Oh, very good. But that came maybe like 2 or 3 o'clock. Yeah. And the one today came at twelve before 12, I think. Mm. It's like be real. Yeah, so it was like the shorter time period. <sighs> yes. I was like, I don't know how much time I've spent. Interesting. Between p- doing the 90 mm. and the 120. I feel like I should be getting over 200. Yeah. Because one of the guys I worked with got it yesterday, and he was like, 211 for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. So the closest I've ever had to speed this up
0: was when I... Had a clock in machine that was yeah. handprint based, and it would give you a score out of a hundred. Like it would work if it worked, it worked. Yeah, 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 but it would give you a score based on how well you positioned your hand yeah. on the scanner, just to like get just to, just to tell you you were doing a good job. So oh, we had one of them as well. But I it was just completely arbitrary. Like I don't think it was ours uh, were not arbitrary. So like you average like ninety percent of people who worked there didn't give a shit, and they yeah. get thirty four. It would okay. just be like <laughs> thirty four. Okay, yeah. but I, of course, being me, was like. We must get the maximum. So I would get like 80, 80, 85, 90, 90, 90, 90. Yeah. And then me and another co-worker got into a race to be the first to get 100. And I got the first 100. Uh. It was the best day of my life. Perfect score. And I put up a little leaderboard and put myself at number one <laughs> until the manager took it down. Because I never asked permission to put it up.
1: Those were the days. No, honestly, I'm like excited every day now to get my little number. Now you see that this is this is, this, this is you. This, this is like fucking Zach Cherry with his little caricature. You have your fucking Chinese Chinese
0: finger traps. Yeah, you sometimes. have your incentive. Um, yeah. So real. Well, I got nothing more to say about this. No. Um, we can't play the box office game. We could just play it for the last week. <laughs> will we play it for last week you can ask me I'll ask okay. you Yeah, you
1: ask. this could be fun yeah why not like we may as well play the game they need to they need to start releasing TV they do TV views they do only on not stream services though uh, Netflix does no uh, sorry Apple does no uh, Netflix N- doesn't Netflix does now
0: they're, people don't believe they're real but they do this isn't just like they tweet every week no no no, no. The... they put out a chart like they put out a chart oh. of our, our shows and how many people watch them and have they clarified the metric of what consi- it's considered a watch how many hours of viewing now oh that's better yeah that's much better but people still think they're lying because people are still like there's just no way more people are watching the Adam Project than are watching the Bachelor like they're just they're putting their their expensive original content above the there's things too, there's too much of a correlation there Yep, between the things yeah. that they put a lot of money into are always ranked higher than the things that people actually talk about day to day on the street yeah and there's no regulation around what they're putting out and so There's no, one, no like, one can check like, yeah uh, okay, let's do the weekend box office for March 11th. Number one is a film that we have seen. one. It is Z- Le, in France. Le Batman. <laughs> uh, number two is a movie that is has two male stars in it. And Uncharted. The movie is Uncharted, uh, which has currently made 113 domestic. Pretty good. Number three is a film that is not really a real film, and. Um, it is not a not a motion picture. It is a it is a it is a theatrical event <laughs> that was shown in eight hundred and three cinemas and made six point eight million dollars. It was it, distributed by Trafalgar Releasing. That sounds very British. No, nothing. No, not British at all.
1: I don't know. Is there like a screening of Hamilton going on somewhere? No,
0: no, no. Am I in the right direction? It's a performance. It's a screening of a performance. Oh, The Beatles Get Back. No. No? No. no. Similar, but not at all. <laughs> Is it a...
1: Have I heard of it? You've heard of the artist involved. So it's a musical artist. Yeah. Okay. That's, it's not like a musical. No. Okay. What was the
0: movie out? Yeah, I didn't know this was... It's. It, I wouldn't call this a movie. Tell me. I've never heard of this. BTS, Permission to Dance on Stage, Soul, oh. Live. Yeah, I wouldn't... Have. It's a BTS concert film. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. BTS are Number three. Number three, beating number four, which was last week's number three, a United Artists film directed by and starring a very charming actor, and it has made $47.6 million. I have not seen it yet, but I want to. This is a film I am 110% going to pirate yeah. in the next four days. The name is... Part of a series of A trend recently Of film titles Okay One word film titles That are all based Around a theme There's been a lot of them In the last year
1: Based around a theme Yeah
0: There's like a list of things And there's a There's been lots of Unrelated films That have all got Similar names They're all one word Are they like objects? They're things in the world Things in the world I can't Give you any more to lose And this is directed by And starring the same actor He directed it as well And he's very popular It's not that fast No (laughs) What I tell you, yeah. it's dog. Dog. Dog with Channing Tatum. Oh, dog. dog. With Channing Tatum. Okay, okay, okay. It's dog. The sequel to Pig, Lamb, uh, Wolf, yes. sorry, sorry, and then. Cow. Of course. First, cow. And cats. Think, and Oh, no, And there's a film called Cow. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Andrea Arnold. And there's cats. And cars. Cars. <laughs> we need a. What do we it's need? Not an animal, I guess. The Beatles. Beatles. Uh, okay, number five is one of the biggest films of all time. 792 million domestic. Oh, No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home and it's 13th weekend. Oh my God, it's been 13 weeks since I went to see No Way Home. Oh my God. Not long enough. Feels like less than that. Number five, no sorry, number six is a murder mystery with enough champagne uh, to life. fill the yeah, Nile. Yeah. Number seven is an Indian film called Rad Sham. Rad Sham. Okay. <laughs> number eight is a kid's film that I liked a lot. Uh, starring an Irish... Oh, Red? No, no not that. that didn't get That's released it. theatrically. This is in its 12th weekend, and it features an Irish superstar in a supporting role. As an animal. I liked this. I liked this quite a bit. What? Sing 2. Oh, yeah. At number nine, we have Sing a two. film. Did that come out in <laughs> 2018? Sing 1 came out in 2018. Oh, okay. uh, at number like nine, we thing. have a film. The entire title is in lowercase. There's no uppercase letters in this title. It's a dude's movie. Uh. It's guys being dumb. It's a fourth in a franchise. Oh, Lord. And it's in its sixth weekend. Yep. Iron Man Pictures release. I cannot name the director, but I can name the star. I'm drawing a Jackass Forever. Oh, yeah. Of course. And number 10, we have a horror reboot. That doesn't interest me in the slightest, but did quite well. Nine <sighs> weeks of release. Pass. Scream. And then we have C- Cyrano at number 11. We have Marry Me at number 12. And at number... Uh, I guess tied for number... No, number 13, we have... Uh, my beloved, the worst person in the world, yeah. which made two hundred and eight thousand dollars at the weekend. Is Red Rock in the top hundred? I'll check in a sec. Worst person made. Worst person has made two point five million in the U.S. so far, That's which okay. is okay. I, it's nine nine hundred dollars per theater. Jesus Christ, marry me only did three hundred ninety eight per theater. Wait, what was the lowest per theater average on this chart? Nightmare Alley seventy five dollars per theater. Wow. Gas. So that means that every screen showing That's been out how many weeks? Uh fifteen. Same as Spider Man. Yeah. Is Red Rocket on this list? I will tell you now. This is the top fifty. Uh it could be, it could easily be like, uh it's not. (laughs) Moonfall so far has done nineteen million. What a what a pull in this week. Oh my god. What a pull in this week. What it pull in this week? Uh fifty grand. Fifty one grand. Fifty one grand. That's a theater average of 312. So Red
1: Rocket didn't make 50 grand in the States? It's... Red Rocket came out in the States in like October.
0: Oh, did it? 20, sorry, 30 sorry, weeks ago. Sorry, sorry. Red yeah, Rocket's okay. out on DVD like. Oh, okay. Red Rocket came out here yes. exceptionally okay. late. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. There's a film called Lingui, the Sacred Bonds that made $376 on a four <sighs> theater release. I'm, That's not bad. Moonfall, so Moonfall made nine. has made 19 in total. Yeah. Domestic. Domestic. And... Uh, and uh like Batman made sixty-six at the weekend, Uncharted made nine at the weekend. Okay. I feel like that's really bad for Moonfall. Which cost apparently over a hundred. Yeah. That is really bad. That's terrible.
1: Like it was wasn't released it's along it's, with that. It was
0: kind of in the middle of the new yeah. Home, Batman. yeah. Uh the thing about Moonfall is that it fucking sucks. Yeah, and I would never recommend it for anyone, and that's a problem when you want people to go to see your film. Anyway, that's the box office. It's interesting to talk about the current box office for once, even though it has nothing to do with Adam Sandler. In 10 or years,
1: when we're looking back at this week's box office, will it be, go down as a good one? Uh, in terms of the films? Probably not. Do you think no, do you it think won't. Do you think you'll remember these in 10 years? Not at all. You won't remember I'm the them. top 10? I'm not going to remember
0: any of these films. I don't yeah. think I'm going to remember Batman. I'm not going to remember Spider-Man. I Honestly, like, the only film in this top 100 that I'm going to remember is the worst person in the world. Like, okay, it. Dune's still in here. Drive my car still in here. Licorice Pizza's in here,
1: but I feel like every time what we're every time we do like these like yeah, box office games, mm-hmm. I'll always recognize like four in the top ten.
0: Yes, and here it's like it'll it's be like two.
1: Will these have any lasting? Power you'll remember all? Batman. You'll remember worse. If you describe Uncharted to me in ten years, I'm like I don't remember what it is. No, no, it not. would be like trying to describe V
0: to somebody now. Oh, outside I'm, of the Orv fan club Which you and me are in Yeah okay It doesn't count because we're in the Orv fan club But like If say you if haven't you, heard of it then If you haven't heard of Orv, You're not going to figure out what V is yeah. Same with wild, Old Dogs, Wild Hogs Anything like that Sure Those are bad comparisons for Uncharted A better comparison would be Journey to the Centre of the Earth With Brendan Fraser
1: I feel Yeah Will Uncharted become a big big movie? Probably Material They're going to make more Yeah they're going to make more. It's made so much money.
0: Of course, they're going to make more. They're going to make more because Tom Holland doesn't have a lot of range, so you got to find stuff he can do. They're not going to make another chank, so. <laughs> ch- chingus. <laughs> chingus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little Chingus. Chingus. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this special episode of the show. I know it's not what we usually do, but hey, bit of a ch- shakeup. I also think that there's probably, like, less Ben Stiller films we want to do than Adam Sandler films. Actually, I take uh, that back because there's three Madagascars and three museums,
1: and they're all pretty good, so
0: I take that back. I, more, I feel like I feel like have more I feel like the Stiller
1: too. films are a bit more of a wild card at this point
0: I think they're more fun to talk about I kind of like them better
1: yeah I just feel like he's probably got a little bit more range mm, no he
0: does have more range because he start, he works with interesting directors more often yeah whereas Sandler and, like, like we're uh, we're building up to like the two good Sandlers Uncut Gems Punch Drunk Love yeah. whereas with Stiller you kind of have like eight pretty good collaborations yeah like not them. all Stiller films are Stiller projects whereas most Sandlers right. probably probably yeah films are yeah Yeah. like there's not there's not like any stiller film that is like an amazing masterpiece that I want to talk about so much apart from the Royal Tenenbaums but at the same time like all the mid-tier ones are pretty fascinating like I really like covering stuff like Tower Heist and The Watch because those films are like fascinating Hollywood like relics that don't exist anymore of like star-powered broad comedies anyway whereas Sandler's kind of still doing that stuff we need to do some of the Sandler Netflix stuff soon because it's interesting because it's cheap and it looks bad. It does. There's a reason we haven't done it. Sandy Wexler's good. That's okay, the one we'll do. Okay, Sandy is quite good. Sure. Who Be Halloween is fine. We watched it and we didn't do an episode on it. That kind of... That says a lot, right? There's nothing interesting to say about it. No. Because it's too meta, maybe? It's very and sanitized or something. It like, feels like know. it knows the it knows the memes are coming. And it's not organically producing charming moments. It's yeah, it's what if in. someone else got a handle of the Sandler IP and had yeah. to make a Sandler Yeah, film, it like, feels like yeah. a Sandler film that we would write, which isn't what I want. Yeah, it's playing up to the gags. It's playing up, It's playing up to the stereotypes, anyway. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. You can add me on B-Real, Lucy and WD, Shane Smelly. Yeah, um, That's where we will post all episodes from now on. This is a B-Real exclusive brought to you by B-Real. And
1: if I'm in work when I post my B-Real, you will get any Shane.
0: You'll get any Shane, which yeah. will be fun. Uh, So, yeah, tune in next week. We'll do a Sandler film, potentially also starring Yule Vasquez from Severance, but we will not confirm. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Bye-bye.